1: Okay, come with me to the book of Acts chapter 6, verse 1 and 7. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 and 7. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 and 7. Now, in these days, let's read it together one go. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in, increasing in, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily. When, take note. Now, in those days, when the disciples were increasing in what? Doing what? When they were doing what? Increasing in. in They were increasing in number. Somebody say, increasing increasing in number. The disciples were increasing in number. The disciples were increasing in number. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 19. Jeremiah 30, verse 19. Jeremiah 30, verse 19. The Bible says, And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. I will multiply them, they shall not be few. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be what? I will glorify them, they shall not be. I will multiply them, they shall not be few. I will glorify them, and they shall not be small. We are looking at creating an atmosphere for numerical growth. That's what we are looking at as a church for this season. That's the series I'm presently teaching. Creating. Somebody say creating. Creating. Say creating. creating. Creating an atmosphere for numerical growth. I want you to appreciate that anywhere you see growth, growth is something that does not just happen. Growth does not just happen. Growth is made to happen. If you are going to grow anything, you need to be intentional. Somebody say intentional. You need to be intentional. If you are going to grow anything, you need to be intentional. If you are going to grow your finances, you need to be intentional. If you are going to grow in your marriage, your love for one another as a couple, you need to do certain things intentionally. If you are going to uh, advance spiritually, you need to be intentional. There are people who want to grow spiritually, but they think it can happen accidentally. There is nothing that happens accidentally that people are happy about. That's why every accident is wrong. Everybody, anything good happens intentionally. If you are going to grow spiritually, you have to be intentional. If you are going to grow numerically, we also have to create the right atmosphere. And uh, the many things that we need to do in order to experience growth is atmosphere. Somebody say atmosphere. atmosphere. Say atmosphere. atmosphere. The atmosphere you create will affect whether or not you will grow Atmosphere is very important. In Excel service, I'll be looking at, I'll teach on atmosphere, how to create an atmosphere that is congenial and for progress. Atmosphere. The atmosphere you create around you is very important. In your home, you want to create an atmosphere of peace and tranquility. A home where there is confusion and chaos. Every now and then there's fighting. That is the dwelling place of Satan. Anywhere there is that kind of chaotic environment, fighting, unforgiveness, bitterness, it allows Satan to flourish. But that shall not be your experience. So the right atmosphere must be created if you go to any church that is growing you see that there's an atmosphere that has been created for growth. If I come to your business, the reason why your business is not growing, I can pinpoint on one or two things why it may not be growing. Sometimes your books are out of order. Sometimes the monies, you don't track them. So every time you are running at a loss, you have to create the right atmosphere for growth. Amen? So it's very important. We need to create the right atmosphere. And in launching the series, the first thing I said is that Numbers matter to God. Somebody say numbers matter to God. Numbers matter to God. Say numbers matter to God. numbers matter to God. Now, that's what I taught on last week. That a lot of people who are like, oh, it's not about the numbers. We just want the quality. And I told you last week, that's misplaced. God does not think like that. God does not think quality over numbers. God thinks quality and numbers. He thinks quantity and quality at the same time. How many of us just want to have neat Ghana notes, Ghana CD notes, 20 uh, CDs Ghana notes? If you get about 50 CD Ghana notes, 50 of them that have just been freshly baked and brought out to you. If somebody gave you that one, uh, that is, let's say 5,000 of that, and another has ones that have been mangled with down oil and everything, another 5,000. How many of you will say you just want the quality one? And you will neglect the other one. How many of you will do that? Uh-huh. Yeah, that should tell you. <laughs> money, money is talking to you now. See, so you like the quality, but at the same time you like the quantity. And I want you to know that if there is anybody who is particular about numbers, some people think that it's just a churches or pastors they boost their ego. No, 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 no. If somebody has an ego problem that is boosted by numbers, is God? Is what? God is particularly interested in numbers. In fact, a whole book, one of the book with many chapters in the Bible is called Numbers. Numbers. For God to allow one book, like a whole book to be dedicated to numbering and the importance of this, you tell you that God is very particular about numbers. The Bible says, when the numbers began to grow, and we said numbers matter to God. God does not want churches to be small. God wants churches to be big. Are you with me here? There is no church, no. If your church is small, don't be uh, talking as if that is our God, oh, I'm in the will of God. It's it's fine, you are in the will of God, but the will of God is for the church to grow and become a mega church. That is the will of God. That's the will of God, and we need to understand that every Christian must understand that God is interested in numbers. Listen, Jesus came to die. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that is limitless number, whosoever, everybody on the planet, God will have them saved. In the book of uh, Peter, he talks about the fact that God is not willing that any should perish. In other words, if it were left to God alone, then everybody in Kumasi today will be in church. But you'll be surprised to know that most people are in their homes, particularly when it's the rain or through the night like this. Hey, even Christians, you can see that a number of people are not here because probably they overslept or they are still enjoying their sleep. Now, you see, so a lot of people, a lot of people in Ghana, most people claim to be Christians, but they are not. This is not a Christian state. We are not too sure. It's just that maybe those who have registered as such, are, all kinds of people have just put their names there. But they are not. God is interested in numbers. God is particularly. We cannot be proper Christians who are not thinking about numbers. You have to think about increased quality and then uh, uh, in, uh, numbers uh, in. In quantity at the same time. I talked on seven reasons why this is important. Number one, I said, large numbers, honor, and glorify God. Somebody say, large numbers, and honor, and glorify God. The Bible says, in the multitude of people is the king's honor. And he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. We said that numbers matter to God because it's his will that everybody be saved. God is not interested in the death of the wicked. Then we said God is interested in numbers because he wants his house to be filled. And then number four, we said large numbers empowers us for dominion. If you are going to have dominion, large numbers are very important. And then we said that if we are large in number, we cannot be despised. Large numbers cannot be despised. The Bible said that who has despised the day of small beginnings? ghana government cannot just decide that they are going to despise the church of pentecost it's a lie if they take them out of the equation something will go wrong in the nation they can't despise the catholic church is that i mean they, i mean when they start to the catholic church decides that their school they will not allow anybody who is not a catholic to enter that alone will create a lot of problems for this government i'm I communicating here large numbers when we are large in number we are better placed when christians become large in number in this nation there is no way certain uh, things like can be considered in our parliament because large numbers among the populace will reflect in our parliament so they won't sit down and consider for a moment uh, lgbt laws it will not even be on the table why large numbers will be talking there can somebody say an amen? amen very important so we said that when that is done the church cannot be despised and then we said large numbers are important so more laborers can be equipped for the work of the ministry and then we said large numbers are critical because more resources can be generated for the advancement of the gospel somebody say more resources yeah more resources the bible said two are better than one he said one shall chase a thousand The gospel cannot be advanced with little resources. We need a lot of resources, all the resources that can be gathered. And the larger we are, the easier it is sometimes to be able to mobilize a lot of resources for the advancement of the gospel. Somebody say an amen. Amen. All right. Today, I'm going to continue in that light. But the title of my teaching is The Lord of the Harvest. Somebody say The Lord of the Harvest. Harvest. Say "The The Lord of the Harvest. Okay. The Lord of the Harvest. Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Matthew 9, 35 to 38. But when he saw the multitudes, please look on the screen with me. ESV, please. 35, and Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, ESV, please. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is what? Read it with me. The harvest is? But the laborers are? The laborers are? Then look at what he said in verse 38. Read that together with me. Therefore. all right. He said, therefore, pray earnestly. The harvest is plenteous, the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest, into his harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. In this uh, first part of the teaching, this is Lord of the harvest part one. And what I seek to help you understand is to establish the vital role of the Holy Spirit as the Lord of the harvest. The vital role. You have to understand that the Holy Spirit is critical in being the Lord of the harvest. And then we would go to establish four important truths about the Holy Spirit that makes him the Lord of the harvest. He said, pray. Don't say, pray. pray. Say, therefore pray. Therefore, pray therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Alright, so pray to the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. The word Lord in Greek means a number of things. The word Lord means one who is supreme in authority. That's what it means. When you say someone is your Lord, like when you say Jesus is my Lord, what you are simply saying is that Jesus reigns supreme in your life. His word His word carries final authority in your life. When he speaks... He, everything has finished. He reigns supreme. So that's one who is supreme in authority. That's what it means. I told you a couple of weeks ago that one word in Greek, English is always limited in its interpretation. One word in Greek has diverse interpretation. And the New Testament in particular was written in Greek. So every now and then when we resort to it, it's not just to confuse you. It's to help you to get a deeper understanding of what scripture has to say. Now, When we say Lord, the word Lord also means controller, one who has control over another person. When you say Jesus is your Lord, you are saying that he has control over me, he has control over my choices, he has control over my desires, he has control over my finances. One who has control, controller is Lord. Again, the word Lord means owner and possessor owner and possessor. Now, you know of landlord. When you say someone is a landlord, you don't go and say, I'm taking over your house when you are a tenant. No. The landlord can sack you. Albeit legally. The landlord can sack you. Why? Because he's the owner of the house. May God give you grace to be a landlord. Amen. The landlord is a possessor. So, he's a lord is a possessor. Owner. So when we say the Lord of the harvest, we are talking about the one who owns the harvest. And then the word Lord also means master. Somebody say master. Master. Now, you have to appreciate, you can't read the book of Acts and not see that the Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. Somebody say the Holy Spirit Spirit. is the the Lord of the harvest. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said you will receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. He said you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is Lord of the harvest. As Lord, he owns the sheep. As Lord, he controls the sheep. As Lord, he reigns supreme over the harvest of the sheep. The Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. Somebody say the Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. And we need to appreciate that when we are talking about numerical growth, we cannot talk about that without acknowledging the place of the Holy Spirit as the Lord of the harvest. He's the owner of the harvest. So how can you talk about harvest of souls without recourse to him? The Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. Jeremiah 30 verse 19, he said, Out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. And I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will glorify them and they shall not be small. In the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 47, this is what the Bible says. Praising God, praising God, Acts two forty-seven, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added, somebody say the Lord added. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord who is the owner of the harvest. Added, The Lord added to their number day by day, day by day. It's not just their evangelistic efforts, but the Lord added. May the Holy Spirit add good things to you. May the Holy Spirit add great things to you. So what we are simply saying is that numerical church growth is practically impossible without partnership with the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Numerical church growth is not possible. Somebody say numerical church growth. is not possible. possible. Without active partnership. With the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, When Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes. When he came, we saw his work. When he came in the book of Acts. He told them, Acts chapter 1, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. In the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Let's quickly see that. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. Then they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. Somebody said they were filled. They were filled. That's where everything began. The numerical growth we saw in Acts chapter 7, 6, verse 7, began when they were filled. When they were filled. Can I tell you something? If you allow yourself to be filled and overfilled by the Holy Spirit, your life will certainly make meaning. When the Holy Spirit fills your life, it changes everything about your life. You can no longer be described as a temperamental person when the Holy Spirit fills your life. Everything changes. He influences every area of your life. They were filled. Everything began to happen. When they were filled, look at what happened in Acts chapter 2 verse 14. The moment they were filled, but Peter standing up with eleven and lifted up his voice and addressed the men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you and give ear to my words. So listen, when the Holy Spirit filled them up, a lot of people were around. So they saw them and said, what's happening? What's what really going on? Are you guys drunk? Because they were manifesting the Spirit in diverse ways. And then the Bible says the, oh, Peter stood up. Now, if anybody should stand up when a crowd is demanding for answers, it should not be Peter. Peter could not stand to a little girl who addressed him some time back. But here, the Holy Spirit had taken over Peter's being. He had become a changed person. Listen, nothing can change you for good than the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Nothing changes you for good. You say, oh, I'm shy. I'm timid. I, 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 my emotions uh, go on and off. No, 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 no. Allow the Holy Spirit to take his place. When he takes his place, total change. Peter could not control his mouth. He was so temperamental. He would just say the things, the wrong things, at the wrong time. All the time. That was what Peter was doing. But when the Holy Spirit came, he had the right words to say at the right time, and everything around changed. Your life is changing for good. Amen. The Bible said he stood up and spoke. And when he spoke, things happened. As we go about speaking, things will happen. Yes. I said, things will happen as we speak. In the mighty name of Jesus. Acts chapter 2 verse 40 and 41. Acts chapter 2 verse 40 and 41. Acts 2 40 and 41. And with many words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, Save yourself from this crooked generation. Now look at verse 40. Peter has spoken. And there's a response. The Bible said, So those who received his word were baptized. And that day were added that day. About 3,000 souls. Do you remember that it is the Lord who adds? Do you remember where I read? It said, praising God and having favor. And the Lord added. The Lord added. One day, God added 3,000 souls. They started as 120 120 souls. But when the Holy Spirit came, he added. I see the Spirit of God add to us supernaturally. I see people come to this church from strange places. They will come and we will ask them, how did they come? They say, the Holy Spirit brought us. Amen. Can somebody shout a believe in amen? amen? When the Spirit took over, it was added. He added the same day. That's why we call him the Lord of the harvest. He's a Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. The role of the Holy Spirit in the ministry and the work of evangelism cannot be discounted. And we see the indispensability of the Holy Spirit's role in the harvest of souls. In the life of Christ. The indispensable role the Holy Spirit plays in the harvest of souls. One, in the life of Christ. Somebody say, in the life of Christ. You see, when Jesus came on earth, he came with mandate. One mandate to seek and to save that which is lost. Somebody say, seek and save. save. Say, seek and save." save. And listen. That is still his primary mandate. When you get born again, you have only one mission. Your mission is to seek that which is lost. Seek and save that which is lost. The price has been paid. All you need to know is to reach out to the people and get them to acknowledge that the price has been paid. Now, Jesus came. His mandate was to restore all people. He wanted to come and collect everybody unto God. That's why he came. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, somebody say whosoever, whosoever, Whosoever. say whosoever. whosoever, whosoever believed should not perish but have everlasting life. So Jesus came so that whosoever believes in him was going to be transformed. And do you know that when he came, he couldn't execute that task without the Holy Spirit? Jesus harvested several people unto God. And he did it through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Acts ten thirty-eight. He said how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Who went about? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of a devil. For God was with him. How God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power. Before he went out, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. No wonder when he was leaving, he told the disciples, wait for me. When the Holy Ghost comes, you'll be anointed and then you can also go out. That's how we saw him. Look at uh, this picture. This picture is so beautiful. Luke chapter 4 verse 1. We'll read. we stay in Luke. Luke chapter 4 verse 1. Luke 4, 1 and 2. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jerusalem. All right? Jesus, being filled with what? Returned from where? And was led by the Spirit into the. Please, that's where he went and he fasted and he was tempted for 40 days. He fasted 40 days and he was tempted. Now, look at verse 14 and 15. 14 and 15. Let's read it together. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and news of him. When he returned from where? In the power of the Spirit from Galilee. From where? From the fasting and prayer. He returned in the power of the Spirit. Take note. He was filled with the Spirit. He returned in the power of the Spirit. I'll come come to talk about it later. Now look at verse 15. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by, being glorified by, being glorified by. Now look at Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 22. Luke 4, 16 to 22. So he came to where? Let's read it together. Look on the screen and read it with me. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been, and as his custom was, and stood up, verse 17, and the book of Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found a place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Verse 19 to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, verse 20. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Now look at verse 21. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marvel at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And is this... Yeah, no, do you see? He had so changed that people were shocked. Yeah, anybody who knew Jesus before was so surprised. Isn't this Jesus, this carpenter who has been going on, who be saying, He had so changed. How? When the Holy Spirit... Listen. I want to provoke your hunger to understand that when the Holy Spirit takes over, your life will take the best shape ever. Let the Holy Spirit take over your business. Eh, You are giving your complimentary card here and there. That is not what brings people. Let the Holy Spirit take over. Stand in the night. Wake up and get the Holy Spirit. You are the Lord of the harvest. If you can harvest souls, you can also harvest people and bring them in. The Lord of the Harvest. One of the things I like about my mother-in-law is her consciousness of the Holy Spirit. Her school over the years has attracted people over and over and over. There is no time where they have a challenge with admissions. Almost every time, people are booked. Some of them are booked for years before they come in. And her consciousness is the Holy Spirit. If you look at her motto, I, think, I have been saying that her motto is not the correct motto for school. But she, she so depends on the Holy Spirit for guidance that sometimes, me, I don't even agree with her, some of the, the things she does. But she's so dependent on the Holy Spirit. The motto of the school is, to God be the glory. Abby, eh? Is that it? To God be the glory. School motto. No. <laughs> Training students for excellence. Training students to become international citizens. She says, to God be the glory. I'm communicating here. A revelation. It's a Holy Spirit. And, I mean, sometimes when I sit back and I watch, I, I, I understand why things are working the way they are working. When you partner with the Holy Spirit, everything around your life changes. You can send your CVs around, and it's not bad. Be in LinkedIn, be in uh, gold in. Everywhere, everywhere you can be linked, be link yourself. But make sure that upon all your linking, the Holy Spirit is linking you. Because the Holy Spirit can link you to people whom you've never met by himself. And one person the Holy Spirit brings your way can change your life and your business for good. One day, one day, one day, in the life of Jesus, in his ministry as the Son of God, that he could not do without the Holy Spirit. Now, look at the early church also. He actually told them, The early church. He was indispensable in the ministry of the early church. John chapter 20 verse 21 to Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Do you see that? As the father has sent me, I'm sending you. How did the father send him? When the father sent him, when the father sent him and he came, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. So he told them, I'm sending you the same way. And for you to be effective, this is what you must do. And when he has said this, he breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. John 20, 22. Receive the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you, but you have to go in the power of the Spirit. This week, you are going in the power of the Spirit. Amen. In these eight weeks, as we step out, we are stepping out in the power of the Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. He actually told them specifically in the book of Luke. Chapter 24, verse 45 to 49. Luke 24, verse 45 to... Then he opened your minds to understand the Scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written. Verse 48. Let's read verse 40. Ye are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of what? These things. Look at verse 49. Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay... You are clothed with power from your heart. Stay in the city until you are filled with power from your heart. Stay in the city. You know, Luke is the same person who wrote the book of Acts. Luke wrote the book of Luke and then the book of Acts. Now, Luke says here, he said he told them to wait. So when he came to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What were they to wait for? They were to wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait, he said, don't go anywhere. Stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Ghost comes. And listen, when the Holy Ghost came, they had easy resources. Did you see? Peter preached once. Because the Holy Ghost was around, he brought the people in. I see the Holy Ghost bring you people. Amen. You think your husband is far? the Holy Ghost can bring him. Amen. The Holy Ghost can bring anyone, blow anyone. Any one of relevance. The Holy Ghost comes. It's because you, are, you think that makeup will bring him. That's why you are making up and nothing is showing up. No one is showing up. You think a stand this in your back part will show It won't change anything. In fact, it may even make them more angry. Allow the Holy Ghost to bring them. And when the Holy Ghost brings you a man, you know he has given you a man. If you are clapping, do it well. Allow the Holy Ghost. Now listen, next two is I will share with you how you and you get him to come along with you. I will show that practically with you. This, this is not it. It's just an introduction about what the Holy Ghost does. His role in helping us advance his cause on the planet. And listen, if Jesus needed the Holy Ghost to be successful in numerical growth, if the early church needed the Holy Ghost to be able to fulfill their mandate, you and I, we need the Holy Ghost more than before. Oh, Are you with me here? Eh? Yes. We need him more than before. Listen, the Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. Somebody say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. is the Lord of the, Lord of the harvest. When you pick the book of Acts, chapter 1, and you begin to read, the growth was phenomenal. It started from Jerusalem, and then by the time the book of Acts was ending, the whole of Asia has been imparted with the gospel. All through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit can take your business from Santa Tassi, one small market, and he will take it around the world. If you can trust him and come into active partnership with him, the Holy Spirit is the announcer. Somebody say the announcer. He announces people. Nobody knew Jesus. He was just an ordinary carpenter, ordinary lawyer, ordinary uh, mason, ordinary architect, just doing miniatics. But when the Holy Spirit took over, immediately, Jesus was announced. He will announce you. He will announce you. The Holy Spirit grew the church from an initial number of 120 to 3,020 to 8,020 And then afterwards, he said, Multitudes, 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 multitudes. I see ELC come into that phase. I see us come into a multitude phase. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. As I prepare to run up, remember these four truths about the Holy Spirit as the Lord of the harvest. Because he's the Lord of the harvest. These truths, not these vital truths about the Holy Spirit as the Lord of the harvest. Number one, as the Lord of the harvest, the Holy Spirit owns the sheep. Somebody say, as the Lord of the harvest. harvest. Say, as the Lord of the harvest. The 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 Holy Spirit Spirit owns owns the sheep. Okay, as the Lord of the harvest, the Holy Spirit owns the sheep. He owns the sheep. And I can't say this enough. He owns the sheep. Do you know that God owns everybody on the planet? Oh, do you know that? The Bible said the earth is a loss and the fullness thereof. He wants everything, everyone and everybody. He made everything. And I like it. Ezekiel eighteen four. He said, all souls are mine. All souls. Somebody say all souls. All, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. He says, all souls are mine. So the soul of sinners is mine, and the soul of those who are saved are mine. All souls are mine. All souls are mine. He owns the sheep. Somebody say, he owns the sheep. Say, the Holy Spirit owns the sheep. John chapter 10, verse 16. John chapter 10, verse 16. Look at this. He said, and other sheep I have. Let's read this together. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. No. Follow it closely. He said, "Other the sheep I have, which are not on this fold, them also I must what? Bring. And they will what? And there will be one flock. Say, One flock. One shepherd. One shepherd. One shepherd. Yeah. He says, All sheep are mine. He says, All the sheep I have. Which are the other sheep he has? Those are lost souls. Lost sheep. Luke chapter 15 verse 3 to 4. So he told them this parable. What of you? Having a hundred sheep. If he has lost one of them. Somebody say one of them. them. Say one of them. them. Now do you agree that all souls belong to God? All sheep belong to God. Number two. Do you also agree that there are sheep that are not presently in the fold? Do you agree? There are more people who are not in Christ now in this city than those who are in Christ. There are more people who don't know Christ in your department where you work. Maybe at Confernoche, at your school. There are more of them who are not born again, don't know where they are going if they die tomorrow. They don't know anything about that. More people like that. Satan has successfully made us think that a lot of people doing good things around us are saved. When I'm done with this series, I'll begin to teach on understanding salvation. And you'll be able to appreciate what it means for a person to be saved. No matter how good a person is, how many philanthropic things he does, no matter how many buildings he builds, if the person has not accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior, when he dies... He has one ultimate, eternal destination, and that is hellfire. And God does not want that for anyone. Are you with me here? He said, other oh, sheep I have. One is lost, and he's ready to lay aside the 99 to go after that one lost. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. All souls are his. He owns the harvest. Somebody say, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Owns, the sheep. owns the sheep. All right. And he has given us a mandate to go and bring the lost ones. He said, other sheep I have, which are not what? Do you remember? Other sheep I have, which are not? 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 What should I do with them? Them must I also bring. How is he going to bring? He has sent us to bring them. Praise God. That's why he has sent you. He said, I have chosen you. And I have ordained you to go and bring my sheep which are lost. Receive grace to we'll go and bring them. Amen. In these uh, eight weeks, receive grace to we'll bring them. Amen. Shout, I receive grace. I, receive I manifest grace. I manifest. Number two, as the Lord of the harvest, the Holy Spirit recruits and releases laborers for the harvest. Somebody say he recruits and releases laborers. Yeah, the Holy Spirit, as the Lord of the harvest, recruits and releases laborers. That's why we are told in Matthew chapter 9 verse 38. Therefore pray ye the Lord of the harvest. He's the one who will bring the laborers. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest. That he will send forth laborers into his field. Here he tells us many things. But one of the things he tells us from here. Is the fact that prayer is very important. If you are going to get partnership with the Holy Spirit. If you are going to get the Holy Spirit to be part of your harvest, be it harvest of souls, habits of uh, 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 advancement in life. You need the Holy Spirit. Pray the Lord that He will send. I see Him send. Amen. I say, I see Him send to you. Amen. Every believer that is born again is already recruited. Somebody say, I'm recruited. I'm recruit. Yeah, you have been recruited as a laborer for the harvest, you have been recruited full time. As a laborer for the harvest. Somebody say, I'm recruited. I'm recruited. Say, I am recruited. I am recruited. Say, I am recruited. I am recruited. Yeah. You have to understand that you are recruited for the harvest. And then, number f- three, as the Lord of the harvest, the Holy Spirit works with his recruited laborers to bring home the harvest. You see, you can hire somebody and recruit somebody to do a job. And in our public and civil service, it's even very bad day where people are hired and they are paid and they are not given the resources to work. Yeah, There are people who sometimes can do that. Some African governments can do that. God doesn't work like that. When he recruits you, he works with you so that you can bring resource. That's the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit. He has not just recruited you, but he's willing to work with you. Receive the willingness to work with him. Say, the Holy Spirit works with me. He works. He works with those he has recruited to bring the habits. So, you are talking about getting two people saved. How am I going to do that? Pastor, I'm not able to express myself. I'm not able to talk to people. I'm not uh, easily. No, the Holy Spirit is ready to assist you. He will be with you to give you the right words to speak. Can somebody say an amen? amen. We see that in Mark chapter 16 verse 15. Mark chapter 16 verse 15, the Bible says, And he said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole world. The whole world. Read that with me. The whole world. As much as possible, when you are in service, be alert. Look on the screen. Whatever we are reading, read. Praise God. It's an important part of a service. He says, proclaim to the whole creation. That's what Jesus told them. Look at verse 19 to 20. Let's read it together. Verse 19 and 20. He told them to go. Let's go. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 20. He told them to go and he abandoned them. He worked with them. They went and he worked with them. They went and he worked with them. Listen, you cannot be going late to your job and expect that the Holy Spirit will work with you. You have a business to do. You don't take the business serious and you expect the Holy Spirit. They went and when they went, he worked with them. Our business is to win souls. We cannot win them by ourselves. But when we go, he will work with us. And in these eight weeks, he will work with you. I said in these eight weeks, he's working with us. Amen. Let me close with this. And I know that those who are spiritual and eternal minded are particularly excited about this. Look at this verse number four. As the Lord of the harvest, the Holy Spirit pays matchless wages to all his laborers. Matchless. Somebody say matchless. Say matchless. One of the things everybody who is an employee or does any work expects is somebody who can pay him well. How many of us want to be paid well? I mean, there has been agitations from uh, trade union about uh, the present conditions in Ghana and all of that. Everybody wants a pay raise. Everybody wants increase. Do you know that if you are looking for one who pays the most, he is not on the planet. Do you know? Do you know? No, please talk back to me. Do you know? That the one who pays the most is not on the planet. He can give you anything and everything. He is not on the planet. That's why as long as you look at your earthly boss, your what they give you will not be enough. Because they cannot pay enough. But when God becomes your sufficiency, he meets all your needs. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Can somebody say an Amen. Matthew 20, verse 8. Matthew 20, verse 8. But when evening was come, the Lord of the vineyard, take note, the word Lord means owner. The owner of the vineyard, the controller, the master of the harvest. Said unto his steward. Come, call the laborers. Call what? The laborers who had gone on the field to work. Call them. And he gave them their hire, beginning from, beginning from the word higher is he gave them their pay. He paid them. After they have been on the field, he paid them. Praise God. And listen. Soul winning has eternal and earthly pay. Are you with me here? There are some things you have been praying about. If you forget about them. And focus on soul winning. That thing you have been praying about will come without it. You is it, is it, Sometimes, I, I, the more, the longer I do this work, the more I see that getting what you want in life and getting God's best for your life is about making your priorities right. Making your priorities what? Yeah, getting the right priorities. That's all you need. The best things I have in life, I have never prayed for them. This woman I didn't pray for her. In fact, at, it was at my worst moment she appeared up. I didn't pray. The best things I have, I I never prayed for children. I never. It wasn't a prayer point. I never. I've never in my life prayed, Lord, give me this kind of car. No. No. My life has been God, 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 and he has come through and been faithful every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. Listen. When the Bible says, seek ye first, the kingdom, and all other things. If you don't understand that, just look at me. Praise God. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. In my lifetime, I've given three cars. I bought three cars. And I've given it to people in my lifetime. Praise God. In my lifetime. In my lifetime. And I'm going to do more before I die. Now listen. And it's not, it's not about what I want to get. No, 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 no. It's been about him from day one. My greatest passion in life is God and God alone. At all but I see, you are so obsessed. You are so obsessed. I, I don't know how I can get this across because I have taught it here and here. You have to catch it, you have to catch it. There are people they can still they are they may be leaders, and work, they can't see it. The other things they are going after. No, 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 no. The Lord of the harvest, he pays. Somebody say he pays. The people who are committed in this church, I have seen people. Entered the church as uh, what you call national service personnel. Today, some of them owe two houses. They get paid. At, uh, I mean, I don't want to point anybody out, but this is a very fruitful ground. I'm not communicating here. Fruitful and fertile ground. But when for such people, one of the things I have seen them do is to keep the kingdom in view. Praise God. Keep the kingdom in view. Keep the kingdom in view. Keep, keep the, I mean, there was one brother here when I see him, I just get excited. When we're doing this construction, he, I, I'll be in the office, then he'll bring 5,000. I'll be in the office, uh, praying and praying and praying. This work you see. I, be, he'll just bring 5,000, 5, Sometimes in two months, he'll bring, he'll bring, he'll bring. <laughs> Today, God has given him a property that people dream, people People who are in their sixties are looking forward that one day, if God gives them a breakthrough, in a place where people want to stay in their old age, a young boy under thirty has a property in that area. That property is worth several thousands of dollars. He didn't. I'm not sure he has ever prayed for anything like that. He took me to his first site he bought. When we went there, I told him this is not where I'm going to stay. He bought. He he built a house in one corner village. I don't know what he has done with it now. But God has given him a property now. Ahonjo specifically. You know the kind of people who buy property in Ahonjo? This man, Edda is a, an estate uh, man. He's into real estate. Let him tell you. And how much it costs. And if he tells you how God gave, he said, listen, God is a giver. That's why sometimes when I meet people who think that uh, they are doing God a favor. No, 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 no. Zone, He said he called them. He said it's time for me to pay. It's time for me to pay. Listen, the pay should not be what motivates you because if the pay is what is motivating you, you are selling your selfish flesh. It's your love for him that drives you. And when he sees that it's not the thing you are looking for, you see God asks the things you don't seek to you. And most of the time the things we seek, they seem to be going far away from us. The things you seek, the more you seek them, it looks like the more they are getting far. But the things you don't seek, he brings them to you. He says, seek first the kingdom and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things shall be added. He didn't say this. All these things shall be at The ones you need, the, the ones you know you need, the ones you know you don't need, he will bring them to you. Praise God. Let me close. John four thirty-five. 35. Say ye not, yet there are four months and come the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Verse 36. And he said, He that reaped, verse 36, he that reaped receives what? He that reaped receives what? He that reaped receives wages and gathers fruit unto eternal life. So I think that it's just straightforward. I mean, people have other interpretations, but he says, He that is reaping. He will receive wages, and I believe the wages is in this life. And then in eternal life, you are gathering fruit. May the Lord give you understanding. May the Lord help you to have the right perspective. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I receive a fresh burden for souls.